Hi, everybody, and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. I'm not Beth Davis, but you are in the right place. Um, my name is Claire Dwyer, and I'm filling in for Beth today as we go through and continue to go through the Gospel of John. Um, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm an editor, and I'm a leader in Blessed Is She's Well mentorship program. And I'm so privileged to be with you to continue this journey through the gospel. I know that the last few weeks you have been going with Beth through a chapter a week in the gospel of John and really digging deep into um, the, the words of Christ, which is such a beautiful thing. Last week, Megan walked everybody through um, John chapter 8, the woman caught in the act of adultery and the merciful, um, you know, words of Christ to her, go and sin no more. Christ reveals himself in this, in chapter 8, he revealed himself as the son of the father. He revealed himself as eternal. And he says, before Abraham was, I am and so they take up stones to stone him because he's basically saying he's divine, but his time has not come yet. And so he leaves and he hides, he leaves the temple. So that is where we pick up the narrative this week with chapter nine of the gospel of John. Uh, hopefully you've been reading this chapter and you've been meditating on it and praying with it all week. But if you haven't, no worries. We're going to read through it together right now. Before we do that, though, let's open in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, blessed Trinity, we thank and praise you and give you glory for being with us here today. I ask that you would inspire uh, and inflame our hearts as you fill us with your word. We want to draw near to you, Lord. We want to come to know you. And so we ask that you would use this scripture passage to further reveal yourself to us. Give us the grace to hear whatever word you want to speak directly into our hearts. And more than that, Lord, give us the grace to respond and to change our life as we are inspired to do so through this gospel. Lord Jesus Christ, come and speak into our hearts. Open our eyes. Help us to love you more and deeper and to say yes to you and to surrender everything to you. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. As he said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the man's eyes with the clay, saying to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, 
Is not this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. And others said, no, but he's like him. He said, I am the man. They said to him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. The Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? There was division among them. So they again said to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess him to be Christ, he, should, he was to be put out of the temple. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why this is a marvel. You do not know where he comes from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. 
Jesus said, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and they said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Thank you, Lord, for your words. We ask that they would penetrate our hearts. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to reveal to us what you would have us know from your words in this gospel today. Amen. I have to tell you that when Beth asked me to read this particular chapter of John, chapter nine, and I looked at what it was, uh, first of all, I was thrilled because it was such a powerful story, but I also was grateful because it had a lot of meaning for me. You see, I am actually legally blind, which means that without the contacts that I wear all the time and have to wear all the time, I can literally not see more than an inch in front of my face. So I know what it is to walk around and not be able to, to see my environment, to literally be in a fog. Now, my vision hasn't always been as bad as it is now, but I've always needed glasses. It wasn't until I was in third grade, though, that anybody figured out that I couldn't see very well and that I really needed help. And I will never forget the car ride back from the doctor's office when I got my first pair of glasses. And my first pair of glasses was already like Coke bottle thick glasses because that's how bad my vision was. I remember looking out the window with my glasses on and I remember for the first time being able to see the individual leaves on the trees. And just being astonished because I didn't know before that that was even possible. I didn't know what it looked like that the trees had individual leaves on them and that I could see them. I also remember being at mass for the first time with my brand new glasses on and seeing the face of the priest on the altar and thinking, wow, I didn't know that when you were sitting in the pew, you could actually see the face of the priest. I didn't know that was possible. And, and to be able to recognize his expression and see his lips move as he pronounces the gospel and the Eucharistic prayer, like that was just a minor miracle for me. It reminded me when I was thinking about this of the videos I've seen of babies that are born either deaf or severely hearing impaired and, and being fitted for the first time with hearing aids and having them being switched on and these children hearing the voice of their parents for the first time and like blinking and, and opening their eyes and just this sense of recognition and then absolute delight this is what my mom's voice sounds like. I mean, it must be just absolutely miraculous. Now, admittedly, most of us are not gonna have that experience. And most of us are not blind, not even legally blind. But I think we can all recognize what it's like to have the scales from, fall from our eyes, to be able to know that Jesus Christ is Lord, and to realize that nothing in our lives will ever be the same. 
And so for me, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways of um, this chapter of the gospel. I have a few of them, by the way, but don't tell Beth because I have more than one, um, but I just couldn't choose one. It kind of reminded me of the story of St. Therese when she was a little girl and her older sister comes with this basket of ribbons and things for doll clothes and it asks her to take to choose something from the basket and she says I choose all of it so today in this gospel I'm going to choose maybe not all but I'm going to choose a few takeaways um, for us to sit with this week and to pray with anyway so first of all I was just meditating on this idea of a whole new world opening up to us when when we come to know Jesus Christ and the fact that when we do become Christians or when we do make that act of faith and that radical act of trust and invite Jesus into our heart, nothing is ever the same. And we see the world through different eyes. We see God in everything. We see life as sacramental, meaning that it points to something beyond ourselves. Nothing is just what it seems anymore. Everything is infused with the power of God. And isn't that amazing? And isn't that beautiful? And isn't that astonishing? And isn't that why Jesus came into the world? And he says in this chapter, he has come that those who do not see may see and that he means that for us. He came into the world that we may see and that we may know him and that we may believe and that we will see everything in the world through the eyes of faith. Um, so we pray, I pray that the Lord will continue to open my eyes to the reality of what is around me, to see him in everything. And that leads me to another point about this passage. What does God use to heal the sight of the blind man and to restore him back to wholeness and to restore his vision? He uses his own spittle and he uses the dirt of the earth and he makes it into clay. In other words, God uses the stuff of the world to open our eyes and to reveal himself to us. And I think that goes along with this idea of opening our eyes to this greater reality around us and coming to see things really for what they are. You see, God is using the stuff of your life right now to draw you closer to him, to restore you into right relationship with him, to sanctify you, to strip you of everything that is not him in order to make room for him. God sometimes breaks into our lives in miraculous ways that seem to be outside of this earth. But usually what he does is he uses our lives to break through to us. And, and he's using the child crying in the next room, or he's using that pile of dishes on the counter of your kitchen, or he's using that coworker that is incredibly difficult for you every day when you come into the office. He's using the pile of bills that you're not quite sure how you're gonna pay on your counter. He's using the, the, the ache in your back that nothing seems to help. He's using all of these things as an invitation to allow him to come into your life and to restore you to right relationship with him by saying yes to them, by surrendering the, um, ourselves to them, by seeing him in them and accepting them for his sake and uniting them to him. 
this is how we grow in holiness. And this is how we grow in our relationship with Jesus and come to recognize him in the stuff of our life. He is using the things of the world and he is using the circumstances in your life to open your spiritual eyes. He wants you to be like the disciples that walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus and recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Friends, it is in the breaking of your life that you will come to recognize Jesus Christ for who he was and who he is, and that will allow the scales to fall from our eyes so that we can see him with greater clarity. Now, some of you might be thinking, that sounds wonderful, and I would love to have that kind of faith and trust in God, but the circumstances of my life right now do not seem to me to be revealing God. In fact, it's the otherwise. It's, it's otherwise. I feel like I'm, 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 I'm prone to despair and, des and desolation, and, and I just feel so filled with disappointment and struggle. And I would invite you, if that is the case in your life, to come to the Lord in prayer and tell him about your struggle and ask him to allow you to see. Remember the words of the blind man at the end of the gospel. Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? I ask you, can you take that to the Lord in prayer? And can you say, who are you, Lord, that I may believe in you? Reveal yourself to me. Show yourself to me. Give me the gift of faith. Faith is seeing with eyes that are not physical when everything seems to be contradictory to the message of the gospel. Faith is seeing God when we can't see God. But faith is a pure gift. It has to be given from God. There is nothing that you can do to increase your faith. You can only ask God for it. When you get to heaven, you won't need faith anymore because you'll see him face to face. You won't need hope anymore either because you will possess what we long for here on earth. The only thing that will remain in heaven is love because we won't need faith and hope anymore, but love will always remain. But while, as long as we're on this earth, while we're on this earth, we do need the gift of faith. It was given to you in your baptism. So pray to the Lord to strengthen it so that you can come to know and believe in Jesus Christ and in the work that he is doing in your life and in the relationship that he wants to have with you. I would also say that just coming to prayer every day, and I know this is a recurring theme in all of these conversations, um, is so important. It is in conversation with God, and it is in continuing encounter with God that you will come to know him and you will come to recognize him in your life, and you will come to be able to discern his will for your life. Interesting in this gospel passage, by the way, if you go back to the way that the blind man refers to Jesus Christ, we can kind of sometimes see a parallel in our own spiritual journey. For example, when the man born blind is talking to his neighbors immediately after being healed by Jesus, they say, like, how were your eyes opened? And he says to them, the man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. The man, so he calls him a man. Later, when the blind man is questioned by the high priests and the Pharisees, he calls Jesus a prophet. And then at the very end of the passage, 
when he encounters Jesus Christ and Jesus, note, seeks him out. It is Jesus who initiates this deeper relationship with the man. Um, he asks the Lord, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus says, it is he, and he calls him Lord and he worships him. So it's in the process of this continuing encounter that their relationship deepens and the man comes to know and believe fully in who Jesus is and allows his life to be changed by him. And so it is in continuing our conversation with the Lord and deepening our conversation with the Lord, we will come to know him, we will come to know ourselves in light of him and our relationship with the Lord will grow. Interestingly, by the way, in this same gospel of John, but in chapter four, in the story of the Samaritan woman, which you read with Beth a few weeks ago, um, the same thing happens in her journey. So when Jesus first, you know, is waiting for the Samaritan woman and she meets him by the well, she calls him a Jew. Are you a Jew wanting, asking me for water? Then as their conversation continues, she calls him sir. So she addresses him with a little bit more respect. Then he's talking to her about her husband's knowing thing, uh, her husband's knowing things that he shouldn't know. And she calls him a prophet. And finally, when she's speaking to the other Samaritans, she calls him the Christ. So it is in this ongoing conversation and allowing God to reveal himself to us that we come to know him for who he is and we allow him to change our life. And so it's in continuing this conversational prayer with God that we will come to know him for who he is and we will recognize him in, that, in our life. So if we struggle to see what God is doing, if we struggle to understand how what is happening in my life is actually God breaking into my heart and inviting me to a deeper relationship with him, inviting me to transformation, inviting me to an encounter with him that is healing and liberating and freeing and allowing me to see him for who he is and accept him, then we just pray for the gift of faith. And the Lord will not give us a stone if we ask for bread. It is God who seeks us out first. God wants this for you more than you want it for yourself. Friends, I just ask you to, to, um, to believe that. It is God who wants your healing even more than you do. And he is orchestrating everything in your life to bring it about. We only have to surrender and ask him. And, and he is just waiting for the invitation to lavish his love upon you and to bring you ever deeper into relationship with him. So let's pray now. You allow me to pray for you that you will experience this radical and freeing and liberating love that the Lord has for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending the gift of your son to break the chains that bind us to remove the scales from our eyes, to remove the deafness from our ears and the hardness from our hearts. We want so much to know your son, to encounter him with an intimacy that we were created for. Um, Jesus, we know that this is why you came, that you want it for us more than we want it for ourselves. Increase our desire for you. Be present to us, Lord. 
and send your Holy Spirit to fill and inflame our hearts that we can not only know and encounter you, but share your message of love and mercy and grace and this radical freeing power of the Holy Spirit to the world. We ask this all in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time on Teachable Tuesday.